Hello, and welcome back to 15 Minutes of Fascism, a sadly topical podcast covering the global rise of the radical right. I'm Dr. Craig Johnson, and I'm returning with a functional microphone to recording this podcast. Very exciting. This week in my regular Tuesday episodes, in which I talk about some evergreen content, you know, just like general guides about the right wing in general, I'm talking about somebody who, again, is sort of like historically has been kind of a bit player that I've sort of had on the back burner, but then comes from behind when it's an election. I'm talking about Geert Wilders, the prospective future prime minister of the Netherlands. Now, Geert Wilders has a long time been a right-wing Dutch parliamentarian, and like I said, he has posed to be the next prime minister of the Netherlands. He was born in 1963 in the southernmost part of the Netherlands. His parents were sort of working-class, middle-class types. His mother, incidentally, has some mixed Indonesian ancestry, which I mention only because he is an anti-immigrant politician. Recall that the Netherlands colonized most of Indonesia prior to World War II, which is the origin of his mother's ancestry there. Wilders and the rest of his family were raised as Catholics. Wilders himself is now an agnostic. He studied health insurance and law related to health insurance legal codes in secondary school and then in university, and then left the Netherlands intending to travel around the world. He was unable to go to his destination location, which was uh, Australia, but instead cobbled enough, enough money together to go to Israel. And that is where he spent about a year traveling around Israel and the rest of the Middle East. His takeaway from this trip, which happened, you know, in his early 20s, was that he determined that Israel is a beacon of democracy in the Middle East and that the rest of the Middle East is an anti-democratic backwater. That was essentially his conclusion. And that conclusion colored the, his politics and the politics of his future party and his governing coalition or his prospective governing coalition in the Netherlands for the rest of his life. When he returned to the Netherlands, he worked in health insurance for a while. You know, that was what he studied when he was in school. But then he moved into politics. He started out working for the People's Party for Freedom and Democracy, the VVD, a center-right Dutch party. They call themselves a conservative liberal party. In the United States, that would be an oxymoron, right? But what they mean is that they're liberals, like classical liberals, but they're conservative classical liberals. So that sort of just kind of means that they're center-right conservative types. No. Wilders primarily worked for a man named Fritz Bolkestein, who was one of the first post-war Dutch politicians to be pretty openly racist and anti-immigrant. Bolkestein was the leader of the VVD, and he argued that immigrants were stealing jobs, they were destroying the Dutch culture, etc. This would eventually come to be essentially Wilder's own political position. After Wilder's got his chops working for Bolkestein, he eventually moved into elected office himself. Starting in the late 90s, he began to seek municipal offices and eventually won one on the city council of Utrecht, the city where he lived. Specifically, he was actually representing a district that was mixed between people who had immigrated to the Netherlands and people who had grown up and were born in the Netherlands. This was presumably the, the, the appeal of his anti-immigrant position in that district, right? That the people there were racist against the people that were living next to them. That is Wilder's bread and butter. Those are his core constituents, people who believe that Muslim people, specifically Muslim people as immigrants, are taking away jobs and taking away 
the, the real heart of the Netherlands. After being in the city council of Utrecht for a year, he moved on to the national parliament of the Netherlands in 1998. He joined the parliament under the VVD, his political party, and was a relatively obscure but kind of right-wing politician for about four years, until 2002, shortly after the beginning of the War on Terror. At this point, he became a much more openly racist firebrand, even more so than his mentor, Bolkestein. Instead of Bolkestein's sort of restrained 80s, 90s racism, Wilders was doing 21st century resurgence of the radical right type racism. Wilders' positions became increasingly radical and increasingly anti-immigrant to the point that he got himself kicked out of his political party. This is something that is relatively common in European parliamentary systems for those of you seeing it from the outside of those political systems. If you, you know, just openly disagree with your party's political platform, it's relatively common to just straight up get kicked out of them. That's what happened to Wilders, and so he was alone in Parliament, a one-man coalition, a one-man faction, up until the election of 2006. At this point, he founded his own political party, which is called the Party for Freedom. This party is acronymed as the PVV. Starting in 2006, it had pretty much a, a, a pretty consistent political platform, which I'm going to get into right now. The PVV is primarily an Islamophobic party. It's one of those parties that thinks that Islam as a religion, you know, a religion that about 1 billion people on the earth practice, it believes that this religion is inherently evil and anti-democratic, that it is an inherently violent faith, that the Quran openly promotes violence in a way that, you know, I guess their claim is that other religions have absolutely nothing to do with violence, you know, let alone like the Crusades and stuff like that. The idea is Wilders and his parliamentarians, the people in his party, and apparently a lot of the people who vote for him, they just believe that Islam is violent. Wilders has literally openly said, quote, I hate Islam, end quote. So the man is an Islamophobe. That is the key, the heart of his politics. The Islamophobia of the PVV and of Wilders' own political positions has gone so far as to advocate banning the Quran, you know, a religious text, again, followed by a billion people on earth, banning it from the Netherlands. He wants to shut down all mosques in the Netherlands, again, the primary site of religious worship for a billion people in the world. He thinks that those have no place in the Netherlands, a Western European liberal democratic democracy. Wilders and the PVV have offered, quote, Muhammad cartoon contests, that is, they've offered to pay people to defect the Prophet Muhammad in cartoon form. Wilders wants to deport people, specifically he wants to deport Muslim immigrants, primarily from Turkey and Morocco. He wants those people to be gotten out of the Netherlands and also out of Europe in general. Finally, they want to amend the constitution of the Netherlands, which currently guarantees the free protection of all to practice their own religions and cultures in a multi-ethnic democratic society. Instead, they want to change that to say that the Netherlands is a Christian or maybe, you know, at the most a Judeo-Christian country, and that this Christian foundation doesn't allow for any kind of other religious practices, you know, that, that it's only Christian people that should be in the Netherlands. That's, that's their position. Wilders' party is also a Eurosceptic 
party. That means that they don't like what the European Union has to say about how Netherlands politics works, specifically that they don't like how the EU handles immigration law. They also don't want the EU to have their hands in their own financial business, for example. Wilders is also a Western isolationist when it comes to foreign policy. You know, that means that he doesn't want the NATO to do military stuff outside of NATO borders. Like, he doesn't want peacekeeping missions. He doesn't want to provide military aid to struggling democracies around the world. He doesn't want to get involved in Putin's conflict over Ukraine, etc., etc., right? But there is one exception to this. Wilders does want the West, does want the Christian world, in his, in his imagination, you know, that's what the West is. He does want them to intervene when it comes to support for Israeli violence against Muslims. That's, that's pretty much the only thing that he really likes. He thinks that the European Union and the United States should heavily fund the military of the state of Israel. That, that's what he believes. Aside from his Islamophobia, like I said, which is at the heart of his politics, Wilders also carries along the, the rest of, you know, a pretty standard right-wing political platform. He believes in family values, quote-unquote, which means that he is broadly skeptical of queer rights. And when it comes to the economy and to business practices, he is basically a free market capitalist, although he does want some pensions and sort of economic and late-life protections for the elderly and also for people who are state employees. This is, again, pretty standard right-wing political positioning when it comes to not just Europe, but also to the rest of the world. Now, like I said, Wilders, when he founded this party, was alone. But when he eventually found himself leading this party into an election in 2006, this party won nine seats. And then in the next Dutch parliamentary election in 2010, they won 24 seats, which is a serious share in the Dutch parliament, the third largest political group. Since then, the party has moved in and out of Dutch political power, at one point actually holding a junior position in a governing coalition in the Netherlands. The gist of it here is that he and his faction are now a major player in Dutch politics. Essentially, they have risen to this position on a platform of racism and discrimination. In the most recent Dutch election, which happened last week, Wilders' party is now the biggest party in the Netherlands. It is holding 37 seats out of 150, which coming from maybe the United States or the United Kingdom or Australia is going to sound like crazy, like that's pretty tiny. And it's true. The, the Netherlands is pretty exceptional when it comes to how small their parties are and how many of them need to be in a coalition with each other in order to gain power. If Wilders is going to be the prime minister of the Netherlands, which is not exactly a guarantee, he's going to need to cobble together a coalition of multiple other parties. Potentially, this might include his previous party, the VVD, right, the People's Party for Freedom and Democracy, the party that he worked for in the 90s. It might also involve some other right-wing political parties. You know, there's, an, a, there's a right-wing agrarian party in the Netherlands that he might conceivably be able to form a coalition with. But that all remains to be seen, and I might get into a little bit more of the horse racy stuff in this week's Thursday episode, the regular news roundup episode. For now, I want to close out this discussion of Wilders with talking about how his politics have affected his everyday personal life. Since his emergence as a, an extreme right-wing figure, Wilders has faced many death threats and even some assassination attempts. These attempts on his life have been very serious. Like some people have actually gone to jail and, you know, been convicted of crimes. 
for having tried to kill him. These assassination attempts include, you know, attempted bombings. Some people have called for him to be beheaded. He walks around living his life protected by the National Guard and police of the Netherlands because he is, you know, being threatened. His, his, his life is being very credibly threatened by people. And he, of course, takes this as a point of pride. He says, hey, look, the people who I say are violent, look, they're being violent. They are threatening violence against me. That's his position, right, is that Islam is inherently violent. But recall that this is a man who literally believes that a billion people, that a billion people on earth are following a religion that is incapable of existing in the democratic norms of the Western world, right? He believes that people who are Muslim can't live in democratic society. This is a man who wants to deport people from the Netherlands, from the European Union. He wants to eliminate Islam from Western political life. Now, of course, I do not condone and do not support any calls to assassinate Geert Wilders. The point here is that he believes that by getting these assassination threats, he is proving his point that Islam is violent. In fact, what he is proving is that he is a jackass and a terrible person who wants to endanger and immiserate millions, if not one billion people. Right? That's his position. Wilder's support of the international right wing's positions against Islam have also won him the, the love of figures like Donald Trump, probably the most prominent Islamophobe in the United States, at least at present, and also some of the more prominent Islamophobic politicians throughout the rest of the European Union, including, for example, Viktor Orban in Hungary, who honored him with one of Hungary's greatest honors for foreign nationals last year in 2022. Now that Wilders is poised to create a governing coalition in the Netherlands, we are going to see exactly how the rubber meets the road in terms of his politicking and coalition making. All right, that was 15 Minutes of Fascism, a sadly topical podcast covering the global rise of the radical right. I'm Dr. Craig Johnson, thanking Sleepy Kitty Arts and Sleepy Kitty Music for our intro, outro, and graphics. If you enjoyed the podcast, please like, share, and subscribe. Please leave a review on whatever it is you're listening to this on. In lieu of checking out my Patreon, or honestly the Patreon of most other content creators, I would advise you to go check out Medicine Sans Frontières, or Doctors Without Borders, or the Red Cross, or the Red Crescent, given the innumerable terrible conflicts that are happening around the world and endangering the lives of people. You can reach out to me at 15minutesoffascism at gmail.com, I'm on Twitter at Hiss of the Right, and I'm on Twitter at Fascism15, and I'm on Blue Sky at 15minsoffasc. I would like to invite you to send into me, into my Gmail, into my Twitter, into my Blue Sky, ask me questions that you have about the right wing, about fascism, about the history of the right wing, about right wing coalitions, anything that you're curious about. I want to start doing some question and answer episodes on these Tuesdays. Uh, I would be very excited to hear about questions that you have, curiosities you want me to explore. I would love to illuminate those on these Tuesday episodes. All right, thanks very much, and I'll talk to you Thursday.